Previously on Fun Science Fiction. Did you think it was Crispin? I did, actually. That's why they didn't want Crispin to see my pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Burt Ward, Robin from TV's Batman, welcoming you to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Wowie zowie, citizens! The podcast that makes you wish the show was half as long and twice as funny. All right, boys and girls, men and women, kids and gents alike, our guest today is the one and only Dick Grayson from TV's Batman. Now, we're very excited to have Burt Ward here for a conversation, of course, about the Caped Crusaders, because why not? I mean, come on. But we're also real. Exactly. Right. The Batman. (laughs) Come on. He was Robin. This is amazing. But we're also going to talk to him about being a canine crusader. And I'm very excited to talk about this about the importance of proper pet food and how Bert and his wife have rescued over 15,000 dogs. And of course, we are funny science fiction, so we wanna share some laughs with our guests. So well, help me in welcoming the one, the only, Bert Ward. Thanks for joining us today, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Hello, citizens. Hello. Yeah. So I am, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very excited to talk to you. We've been, we've been talking about this since, uh, uh, for a couple weeks now, and, and you know, oh, we can talk about this, and oh, we can talk about that. Um, but that was after I got over the initial excitement of the, I get to talk to Burt Ward, but yes. I'm still yeah. not over it. Who am I, who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, there's, there is very much of that. So we'll try to, we'll do our best to not giggle, uh, as we talk to you today, Bert, but I make no promises. None, none whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we talk about anything Batman and Robin related, I, I wanted to chat with you for a few minutes about your passion for animals and what you're doing with gentle giants. Um, this really hits home for me because we have a dog. He's a rescue. Uh, his name is O'Malley. Uh, he's a family dog now. Actually, he lives with my brother-in-law because he is. He took a shine to my niece, who's uh, seven years old now, eight years old. She, if she sees this and I'm giving the wrong age, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> um, but he is so protective of her. But he had a he had a, a, a issue with the dog food that we were using, the processed dog food. Um, they weren't treating him right, and it was causing skin issues and, and uh, coat issues and, and a few other things. So we went for a more natural approach with add, you know, foods without added grains, no GMOs, and things like that. So what you're doing with Gentle Giants is very important to me, and I, I'm very excited to be able to hear what you're, you're doing there. So if you don't mind, Bert, could you take a few minutes and tell us how you went from being the caped crusader to being the canine crusader? Sure. Uh, in the last 26 years, my wife and I have been operating Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoptions, which is the world's largest giant breed dog rescue. We also have smaller dogs, but we're known for our really big dogs. And we've rescued more than 15,500 dogs at all times during the last 26 years. We always have a minimum of 50 or more dogs living in our home with us. All of the dogs we've rescued, all 15,500, have lived in our home with us, every single one. We have 45 different breeds, ranging from tiny two-pound Chinese Cresteds, which are one-third the size of a Chihuahua, all the way up to our Giants, which are up right around 300 pounds. And that's not an overweight dog. That is a giant dog. We have some that stand on their hind legs seven feet five which uh, is, uh, what, four and a half inches taller than Shaquille O'Neal. So we have really big dogs here. And we have little dogs. And we have all ages. 
we uh, we never breed, but we do rescue uh, litters from animal shelters. The shelters always like to, if if a pregnant mother comes in and has her puppies, they want to get them out of the shelter as soon as possible because there's so many dogs there and there's a potential for disease. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've had uh, thousands of puppies as well. In the course of caring for so many dogs, dogs, first of all, have a much shorter lifespan than humans. And people love their dogs, you know, man's best friend, dogs mm -hmm. love you unconditionally. But the problem is they don't live very long. And uh, most of them really on average actually only live seven or eight years. Uh, but uh, the, the thing is, is that with our breeds, the larger breeds, they even have the shortest lifespans. Great Danes with an average lifespan, seven to nine years. Uh, Mastiffs, Irish Wolfhounds, lifespan six to eight years. So the ones that we didn't adopt, if we lost one, it was very devastating for Tracy and I, uh, my wife, uh, when we would lose a dog. And going back now of the last 26 years, probably 24 years ago, ago we, uh, we decided that if there was a way, we would help these dogs live longer and healthier lives. And we first developed a feeding and care program. We feed and care for dogs differently than other people. And what we do is really terrific because it adds an average of three to five years to each dog's life just by the way you feed them and the way you care for them. After doing this, uh, so in case of our Great Danes that were living seven to nine years, this brought them up to 10 to 12 years. Uh, and then we decided what could we do more? Well, the only thing left was to create a food that would we and again this was for our rescue dogs we never at the time thought of selling it or anything but we couldn't stand to see our dogs living such short lives so we developed what we believe is the finest dog food in the world it is different from all other dog foods it's what i call pure nutrition without any chemicals without any um you know artificial flavors or preservatives the from very best ingredients from the very best sources of ingredients and uh, our food has uh, been so successful that our dogs are living consistently twice their normal lifespan. And some of our dogs are living as long as 27 and a half years. Running around, almost all of our dogs are living twice their normal lifespan. But our dogs are in their 20s, running around like puppies. And That's people amazing. can't understand that because they, um, their dogs aren't doing that. And people call us all the time. They say, I... You know what am i doing wrong but why is it i i watch your videos and these dogs in their 20s they're not limping around they're running like puppies they're jumping in the air when my dog is having a trouble getting around so you actually in your uh, introduction mentioned something very valuable we are one of very few dog food very very few probably less than than four or five in the world that have no gmos in our food which is very big because um, genetically modified organisms are in plants. As, mm -hmm. as an example, let's take rice. 98% of all the rice in the United States is GMO rice, genetically modified. Why is that done? Well, because when you grow rice, if you have pests that attack the rice, and then you spray a pesticide on it, it would kill the plant. So, uh, so they, their engineering was done so the plant wouldn't die and the rice could be grown, but the problem is the plant still absorbs the pesticide. 
and dogs are much more and cats because we we have now our own gentle giants cat and kitten food um, pets are are not as well designed as human beings they're more susceptible to the problems so we have a video on our website that we actually got from a, a site that does research on GMOs and this video is all these different veterinarians across America and even from the UK and basically what all the veterinarians that are interviewed say is that in the last well for 10 15 20 years ago they would see one patient a month that had cancer now every single day one out of every two patients has cancer oh my dog or a cat and this is so unnecessary so one thing that we have is non-gmo but there's something else that you didn't mention that i'm not sure you're aware of which okay. is a really big thing so if whoever has your dog right now if you have it at your house or your family member has it and if you're not using gentle giants dog food the dog can only live half its lifespan now that's a big statement but let me tell you why all you have to do is just whoever's feeding the dog tell them to go pick up a few of the kibbles that they're feeding the dog rub the kibbles in their fingers okay then put the kibbles down and rub their fingers together they're going to feel that slightly greasy feeling you can feel the dog's bowl after they eat slightly greasy feeling mm -hmm. if you're brave you can stick your hand down into the bag of dog food below the surface of the of the top level of the food and feel the insides of the bag you'll feel that slightly greasy feeling what what are you feeling you're feeling animal fat and what is happening is dog food companies spray the outside of their food with animal fat for one reason to get dogs to eat more well guess what when dogs eat more you have to buy more <laughs> makes sense yeah okay it, i mean is it and but but let me tell you how bad that is okay think of it this way i'm sure neither you nor kathleen would take a can of bacon fat and pour it down your garbage disposal at home would you not even close you wouldn't do that because you know that unlike water that evaporates animal fat coagulates and when it hardens it's like cement so if you took a can of bacon grease or chicken fat or turkey fat and you poured it down your garbage disposal you let it sit there four or five hours hey you'd be calling a plumber to buy yourself a new garbage disposal so what is my point the point is when you realize that animal fat will ruin a metal garbage disposal what do you think that animal fat is doing to the arteries and intestines of your dog and everybody else's dog when every single day every single meal every single bite every single kibble is encapsulated in animal fat it's cutting their life down dramatically Makes most sense. people tell us when they switch their dogs to gentle giants dog food after a month they they literally call us or write to us and tell us they think they have a different dog <laughs> we're not talking about a slight improvement we're talking about a major major health improvement and you say well what, what could be so major well here's what it is there's a wonderful thing that happens with animals and that is the animals bodies will reject the fat that has been put on the food and entered into their body it will reject it and it takes about a month for all that fat to come out of a dog's arteries and intestines the problem is other dog foods put the fat right back in so the dog never gets the benefit Gentle Giants doesn't put that excessive fat back in. And as a result, the dog's arteries and intestines are open and clear. The nutrition flows throughout the body much more efficiently. The dog feels better. The dog looks better. The coat better. I have people that tell us, oh, for the last three years, my, my dog can't jump up, up on the bed anymore, my little dog. 
And now after four or five weeks on Gentle Giants, my dog is jumping back up on the bed. Thank you for giving me my puppy back. Oh, that's cool. And this is real. And we consistently, right now, about 60 to 65% of the dogs, more than 50 that we have here, have already lived more than twice their normal lifespan. More than twice. That is consistency. That's incredible. So, so we make Gentle Giants dog and puppy food. Gentle Giants dog and puppy food is available in Walmart, in Target, and every online retailer, as well as our own website, GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Well, let me tell you something interesting. Uh, we also rescue cats, not as many cats as dogs, but we've rescued over the years about 350 cats. That's a pretty substantial amount of cats. Uh, we did a test over the last few years of feeding our cats our dog food because we hadn't created cat food yet. Mm -hmm. And last year we lost two of our cats. One was 31 years old. And the other cat was 32 years old. Word. Oh, wow. And they, for the last, actually, last 15 years, have been eating Gentle Giants dog food, our canned food. Now, we did, now cats do need a little more protein. So we put regular cat food there, you know, but 75% of what they ate was Gentle Giants dog food. And here they live 31 and 32 years. So we have just recently, in the last few months, come out with Gentle Giants cat and kitten food. And we've gotten so many thank yous from veterinarians because they feed it to their own cats. And it's working very well. So again, this is our charity. My wife, Tracy and I, we don't take any salary from this. This is not about money. This is about making a better world. And for all those people that love their pet, dog or cat, what a wonderful thing if we can give them an extra five or 10 years with that pet. My own daughter, Melody, um, we have pictures on our bag and on our website. She grew up with the same dogs, had the same dog for more than 20 years. What a wonderful thing for a child to be able to grow up with their pet and have their pet for more than 20 years. Because let's take a look at what really happens out there in the world. People think, what a great idea. Let's get a pet for our child. And then the dog dies at 10 or 11. And now you're explaining to a 10 or 11-year-old child what death is. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful when you can keep an animal, a pet, your best friend, living longer and healthier. Oh, absolutely. I know that your daughter and I are, your daughter's a little bit older than me, about a year older than me. So for her to have the same pet, I've had two dogs. Like the dog that I grew up with was a year older than me. She died when I was 10. And then right. we got another dog when I was 12 and she just died two years ago. Like yeah. it's, it's hard when you lose your friends. It's and I mean, very, our second very, dog very was hard. And, our second and, dog was 16, but still it's, it's hard. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, I'll be honest with you. Life is the most precious commodity in the world. There's nothing more precious than life and people, especially with this horrible pandemic we've had over the last year, that a lot of people trapped at home and, and, you know, their pets were so nurturing to them mm -hmm. as, as a member of their family. And, of course, you know, dogs and cats, they, they love you unconditionally. So it's, it's, it's really valuable when you can help any living creature live longer and healthier. By the way, our animals here, because of our food, they're so healthy, we actually have no illness here. Zero. Thanks. The only time our dogs and cats go to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10 rabies update. Oh, wow. 
we, so we're not incredible. spending money on, on vet bills. Now, when we first started our rescue, we were spending enormous amounts of money because these dogs and cats were coming in in every god-awful condition. I, I mean, I don't even want to tell you the things that happened, but and we were spending four or five nights a week at animal clinics trying to save lives, you know, there with vets that working late trying to save an animal's life. And, and for mm -hmm. the most part, we saved almost every life. Okay, and that's, that's a cool. lot of lives. That's amazing. So this is this has been our charity. We love animals. We've got our both our gentle giants dog and cat uh, and dog and puppy food and our gentle giants cat and kitten food. And these are available, uh, like I said, Walmart, Target, and online retailers. And we invite your listeners and viewers if they want their animal to have a chance to live into the late twenties or maybe even longer. If it's a cat, get gentle giants. Follow our feeding and care program, and you can get the same results that we're getting. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be looking into it more for, we have a Corky now, and uh, she's only two years old, but yeah. Well, like Corky's I said, go feel your dog's food. And once you feel the grease on the outside of that food and you say to yourself, would I want to be eating greasy food as my well, sole meal every single day? Well, you know, the thing is, actually, as you were as you were saying that, I was already thinking in my head the last time I fed the dog food, the dog, their dog food. And, and you know, some fell out on the floor and I, I was scooping it up and I had that greasy feel Gross. to it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is, as you're talking about it, and I'm thinking about how disgusting the dog food feels. Our dog is at the end of this bag of dog food and we are not getting that kind again. She is getting gentle giants after this. Oh, that's great. And one I other thing important, wait I want to talk to see about the transitioning your dog. Yes. Okay. Think of it this way. All these other foods are full of fat. Full, I mean, not just the outside, the, they fill the inside because it makes dogs hungrier. So our food doesn't have all that fat. I mean, uh, dog food, most of them anywhere from 12 to 22% pure fat. Wow. So, Gentle Giants is only what's naturally in the food, which is about 9%. So think of it this way. It, 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 in, in human terms, if you were a person that maybe your whole life you only ate meat and potatoes, and now for the first time in your life you're having fruit and salads, it's a different density. Mm -hmm. So in the case of dogs, going from a fat-filled food to a food that isn't full of fat, isn't full of grease, you know what I mean, doesn't have too much protein, all of that kind of stuff, you transition over one week period and you do that by mixing the so save a little bit of that other food mixing the old food with gentle giants over one week in, in a following proportion day one 80 percent is the old food only 20 percent gentle giants on day one because this is going to be a this is a major introduction to them mm -hmm. day two 70 30 day three 60 40 day four 50 50 and then Day five, sixty percent gentle giants. Day six, seventy percent. Day seven, eighty percent. Day eight, you're switched over, no diarrhea. That's awesome. Oh, perfect. Okay. It'll be really well. And but the key thing is, wait after you've switched that four to five weeks when all of that grease that is filling their arteries and intestines, when that all comes out you're going to see a completely different dog. I'm excited. My dog has a lot of skin issues. She's a pit bull lab mix. And so they are very prone to, to environmental allergies, to skin allergies. Well, I let me tell you something you might to see that. To know. Let me tell you something you might, you probably don't know. Hmm. Uh, fat contains toxins, not poisons, toxins. Toxins call irrit cause irritations and allergic reactions. I can't tell you how many people that call us. Well, first of all, I can tell you 1,100 people a week contact us. 
either by Facebook Messenger, emails, phone calls. And a lot of these people are saying the same thing. I don't know what to do. I've gone to so many different proteins I've fed, beef, chicken, fish, duck, quail, kangaroo, alligator. I've tried everything and I bought all these different food from different companies and my dog is still scratching. My dog is, is rubbed his fur off and, and I don't understand. My dog must be allergic to everything. Well, guess what? The dog isn't allergic to those proteins. The dog is allergic to the high fat content in the food. So when they went from one food to the other, they didn't realize that what wasn't changing was that high fat content. And right. that's why we don't add that extra fat into our food. We keep it at what's naturally in the food. That's Excellent. Awesome. And so for you guys who are listening, before we before we move Definitely. on to this real quick, I just want to make sure that everybody knows to go to GentleGiantsDogFood.com. You can find their stuff there. Uh, I plan on buying mine from Chewy.com. That's where we get a lot of our dog right. food and things like that. It's also available on Chewy. It is extremely highly rated. I, I was looking at this last night and going just it's yeah out of like 6,000 some odd reviews it's it's like a 4.9 you can't ask for a better review uh, on a public website that's make because you know, everybody's going to have something negative to say somewhere somehow unfortunately in this day and age but for for that many reviews and to have that high of a rating I told my wife I'm like yeah this is what we're getting next so I'm very excited that we're, that uh, it was out there and on you know on uh, our, our favorite dog food provider. That's where we get our stuff. Yes, so. a lot of people do. So. so you've mentioned that you have 50 dogs in your house at a time. And I know- Always a minimum of 50. That we is- have a lot more. Oh, we feed I, 600 pounds of gentle giants here every day. Oh so if you take a look at one of our big bags, we feed 20 of those every single day for the last 26 years. Wow. That is insane. So I have one 50 pound dog one 50 pound dog. I have a small house, but one 50 pound dog, not 50 dogs that are up to 300 pounds. Right. How do you live with a pack that size? How do you, how do you navigate your house through all of those giants? Well, actually after 26 years, it's really very easy. Um, what is, I'll tell you the most difficult thing in our house to do is to get to the bathroom in the middle of the night without <laughs> tripping and breaking your neck. Because uh, yeah. these dogs, they, they don't like get out in separate piles. They all, they're, they, you know, they, they are very nurturing and they, they love each other. So they get together and there's no room to put your foot in between <laughs> any dog. So what do I do? I carefully get out of bed. Now they're on the bed too. And sometimes it's hard getting out of your own bed when you got a 200 pound dog laying across your lap. All right. But Assuming I'm successful in getting out of the bed, then I have to reach for the wall, the closest wall, and walk along holding my hands on the wall and carefully tiptoeing to try to find a spot or to work my foot in between two dogs so I can get to the bathroom. But I'll tell you something. If you lose your balance, you go down. They don't move. I mean, you have to understand. They're pure muscle. These dogs are so much better conditioned than humans. And, and, and you know, being bigger than a human. Uh, I mean, there, there are there are photos on our website where, you know, these dogs are towering over Tracy and and she's five foot five and they're standing seven foot four, seven foot five, you know, big dogs. And yet I'll tell you, it was something interesting. The bigger they are, the more gentle they are. Oh, yeah. It's really amazing because they're not intimidated by a human being. If you think about it, a little tiny dog, you know, they look up at this giant human being. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm just. You know, it's like a, a giant here, but you get one of our giants 
I mean, just to give you an idea, one of our dogs, we had the largest dog in the world here. His name was Avalanche, okay? okay. Avalanche, seven feet, five and a half inches when he stood on his hind legs, 305 pounds, okay? Oof. And to give you an idea how big he was, okay, the lowest part of his back when he was on four legs, okay, down on four legs, right? The lowest part of his back was 45 and a half inches, which is five and a half inches higher than your kitchen counter. <laughs> the lowest part of his back. And he would lean way down to drink from the kitchen faucet. Oh, that's funny. That's Four legs. Crazy. Right. That's and I'll a tell big you something. Dog. He was the most loving dog in the world. I could take him and, 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 and another dog. And here they are. One, he's 305 pounds. The other was 260 pounds. And I could hold them with my pinky fingers, hold their leashes. And, and I could just gently pull them and they would go anywhere. It's like power steering. They were so easy because they're so much bigger than a human being. They're not, they weren't, you know, intimidated by a human being. Oh my goodness. And I, I really think that's the most imp uh, impressive thing with how many great Danes you have in the mix, because I mean, they're, they're, they're great dogs. Don't get me wrong, but they're, they're huge dogs. Uh, one of my best, one of my best friends has a great Dane and Wowzers. I mean, he takes up so much room. Uh, he's, he's, he, his name is Kaiser. He's a, he's an awesome dog. Um, you know, but I the, the thing that keeps crossing my mind with all of this, uh, because I'm a guy and I have bathroom humor on the brain, <laughs> uh, is I hope you guys have grounds crew for this because that is one well fertilized patch of grass you have there, sir. Yeah, well, you and you can't use dog uh, stool for fertilizer either. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yes, yeah, well, if 600 pounds in a day, you've got uh, probably 500 pounds out a day. Um, uh, you know, we have uh, we have uh, pooper scoopers, professional pooper scoopers, and I'm sure. double bag it. We have a big bin, but but here, let me try to you know you're talking about realizing how big a Great Dane is. Let, let me just tell you what happened in the very beginning. This is August of 1994. Um, we we rescued our first Great Dane. We we wanted a Great Dane. We rescued one. We rescued a second one, and then we heard of others that were in people's homes. They weren't in a shelter where they were in immediate danger. So we didn't rescue the others. And later we found out that the people that were, they were in their homes, they couldn't hold on to them. Nobody took them. They went to a shelter and they were put to sleep. And it just no. so upset my wife and I. So it was the first week in August of 1994 that I said to my wife, Tracy, I said, look, we can't let these dogs die, right? I mean, just, just for two weeks, in two weeks, let us rescue these dogs. And I'm sure that I'll find somebody in two weeks to take over this rescue. It's been 26 years. I'm still looking for somebody to take over this rescue, right? <laughs> but to give you an idea, so you can really picture what it was like here, by the end of, of August of 1994, because we didn't have any, you know, we, we nobody took it over, and we're taking in all the Great Danes, okay? We had 102 Great Danes here, full-sized, in our house. Oh, 102 man. Great Danes, full-size in our house, Plus, we had 62 puppies under seven weeks of age, seven litters that we got from animal shelters. And Tracy, who my wife only sleeps two hours a night since she's a child, it's a very unique style of living. And she, I don't know how she does it, but she does. But she, even she was worn out because we had these litters and, in, and she, she was sleeping on the kitchen floor with like she'd bring in a litter at a time. There's the mother. She's making sure they stay connected, nursing the mother. And then after the nursing, 
the mother would get up to go to the bathroom and if a great dane accidentally stood on a puppy it would kill it so she got to make sure that those puppies are not getting stepped on get that mother outside to have a chance to go to the bathroom collect the puppies get them into our incubation area where it was kept very warm and, and stuff for them and then bring the mother in and then go get the next mother and her puppies and do this by the time she got finished with the seventh litter it was time to start the first letter again. She was living in our kitchen, oh, man. on the floor, having to open the refrigerator to get food. And she lived like that for almost two months until these puppies got old enough that, you know, we didn't have to do this. Funny Science Fiction will be right back after a word from our sponsors. With over 700 designs to choose from, River City Tees has something for everyone. Need some new nerd merch? River City Tees has you covered. Need funny or sarcastic designs? River City Tees has you covered. Are you looking for a new logo or custom design? Whether you need one or 100, River City Tees has you covered. With multiple colors and options for each and every design. With things to choose from like shirts, hoodies, phone cases, coffee mugs, and so much more. Be sure to follow River City Tees on Facebook and Instagram. If you do, you'll get the latest on designs and information about upcoming sales. River City Tees, let's make a shirt together. And now back to Funny Science Fiction. But just think, 102 full-size Great Danes in your house. I'm okay. tired just thinking about it. I don't have enough room in my house for that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, on our well, you you showed that on on your webs. I mean, uh, on the show a few minutes ago, uh, uh, the beginning of our website, there was there's fifty of them on our bed. Well, in, around our bed, and most you know many of them on right, there, yeah, as many that can get on it one time. But you know, it, it's really and and we have no listen. If you hear, I, I'm amongst fifty dogs now. You don't hear any barking. No, you don't hear any noise. Our dogs are all, all trained not to bark unless they sense danger. And we do that because barking is the beginning of aggressive behavior. And you don't want to have any aggressive behavior with your dog. If you ever were in trouble, your dog will protect you. But you don't want aggressive behavior. And so you teach them that everybody should get along. We're all a family and all of that kind of stuff. That's yeah. cool. All right. So let's let's change pace here a little bit, Bert, if you don't mind. Okay. My plan. Um, all right. So would like to talk to you a little bit about your time uh, at, at in the Batman show. Uh huh. So you know your show though was the precursor to so many of the superhero movies and shows that we see on the air today. I mean that was exactly. really what showed people that these type of shows could attract a following, and that they were viable, and that this is, people would would want to see these type of things. Um, you know, of course, over the years, it's also been written off that it was silly or campy in comparison with today's grittier dramas and you know, what they do with the backstories that are given to a lot of the characters. I, however, love the original Batman series. I think it's a fantastic show. And I think it was perfect for the time that it was created for and that it was made for. But why do you think that that version of Batman and Robin will never go out of style? Because it was designed and, and it was, it was designed and it, it, and it completely fulfilled the needs of every conceivable audience uh, for children the hero worship of batman and robin you know 
for the adults, the nostalgia of the comic book. Mm -hmm. In the 60s, when our show came on, that was a period of time when college kids and high schoolers, nobody wanted to be watching television. <laughs> no way. They wanted to be out cruising around the, you know, the, uh, the, the outdoor restaurants on Friday and Saturday night, you know, you know, riven up their engines and all that. But they loved Batman. Why? Because of the double meanings and the, and the campy style. And, you know, it was such, in a, in a way, an irreverent period where, you know, I mean, I had lines like, gosh, Bruce, you're right. And nobody in that period would say, gosh, Dad, you're right. I mean, that would be the last thing right. on earth they would do, you know, <laughs> this, and, 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 and so they loved it because it was so satirical and with all the double meanings and the suggestiveness that, and, and I, I remember, you know, people telling us that on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday night in, in the colleges, you had to get into the cafeteria an hour and a half in advance if you wanted to even get a seat to watch. Wow. Back. So it was, it was tremendous. Um, it, you know, it's something for everybody. And, and you know, I, I must tell you, if you think about the tremendous success, we were the number one and number two show in the entire world because we were on twice a week, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and look at all the superhero movies that have continued that have come out as a result of Batman. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And, and something else that's a little more subtle, you might, we created something in, in our show that is used today in every movie. And I'll, I'm going to share that with you. Okay. On Batman, even at the most critical time, when something really was horrible to happen, we would have some line of comedy, you know, played very straight, but some line of statement that just took the edge off things. So as, let me give you an example. Um, we, we, we're in a warehouse looking for the Joker, and all of a sudden, eight these big eight henchmen kind of just drop down from wherever they were on, onto the ground, and they're ready to fight us. And I have a line to Batman. I says, gosh, Batman, there's eight of them against two of us. Odds in our favor. Right? Because there was only eight of them. Right? <laughs> now, if there had been 20, it might have been different. But And you look at today's movies. You can look at any movie... Even movies like Bad Boys, where right in the most dangerous time of all, they turn around and one of them will say, well, I'm not coming to your house anymore. I mean, there's they break <laughs> up the drama with a comedic thing, you know, mm -hmm. something funny. And the Avengers, I mean, everyone, everyone oh, yeah. has this. And and it, it's, it, it is, we create, Adam and I created that, okay? And that is used permanently in, in filmmaking. So there was a lot of great stuff on Batman. We were way ahead of our time. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. And we were in people's homes. And, you know, this was a different time, the 60s. This was a simpler time. I think in many ways, a happier time. There, you know, the, th this is when, you know, the family would have dinner and after dinner, they'd sit there to watch TV as a family and here, right after dinner, here was Batman coming on. And, and these kids that watched us have grown up and now they're adults. And I can't tell you how many times when I would make appearances at these comic cons across the country, uh, you know, and actually I've done more than 7,000 personal appearances in my career and signed oh, wow. more than eight and a half million autographs. But, but the thing is, is that I can't tell you how many times people come up and say, 
you know, I love this as a kid. I, I, you know, my whole, you know, they just loved it. And they loved us because we were in their home with them twice a week. You know, it was really mm-hmm. special. And we had some great funny things. I mean, like, for example, Batman and Robin were chasing these villains down a street and, and, and they cross the street and I start to run across the street. Batman said, no, no, Robin, we must use the crosswalk. Well, the crosswalk, it slowed you way down because you're going through the, you know, and then you got to go and run much farther to try to catch these guys. So it's that kind of wonderful, just simplistic humor of a different time in a simpler world where, you know, it was like the flower children and and love Mm -hmm. and all these, you know, great things and, and, you know, the big concerts, you know, that they would have. And, and stuff like that. It was just a simpler time. There wasn't so much division and hatefulness and bitterness and, and all these negative things that unfortunately our children are growing up to and experiencing. Yeah. Agreed. So 50 years later, almost 50 years later, you got to go back and be Robin again in the, in the DC universe in the 2019 crisis on infinite earth. Right. Well, actually, many times before that, let, let me tell you something. We came off the series. We had two specials, Legend of the Superheroes, and, and it was a two-part uh, thing. A- after that, I've had so many animation shows. There was Batman, where we uh, Filmation did a, a whole series with a character they called Batmite. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Bat character. Um, I uh, So many different things. So uh, guest appearances on... Oh, uh, like The Simpsons, uh, you know, there was this, uh, and then uh, just so many different shows, uh, animation shows that that I've done. And then a couple of years ago, um, two full-length feature, Warner Brother feature films, uh, animated features with my voice and Adam West's voice before he passed. And uh, in fact, the last one was uh, uh, the uh, Batman versus Two-Face that, Adam West did the voice of Batman. I did the voice of Robin. And William Shatner did the voice of Two-Face. And I mean, <laughs> just imagine, here are the two most iconic television shows in history, Batman and Star Trek, with the actors working together. Running forces, yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, And yes, I did uh, the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, they put me in just before the main titles it was a great bit. I flew up to Vancouver where they were filming. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, also, uh, about six months ago, Warner Brothers, uh, or I should say DC Comics, which is a, a division of Warner Brothers, they published uh, a fabulous coffee table book called uh, Robin, 80 Years of the Boy Wonder. I mean, it is one of these incredible, That's cool. big, thick, beautiful coffee table books, gorgeous printing. And they came to me and I wrote the introduction. Oh, that's Robin. awesome. You know, I mean, it's like a four, four or five page introduction. So, it, it, no, I, I, it's really, it, it, every couple of years, something is going on. Plus all the appearances, 7,000. Can you imagine mm-hmm. what it's like? 7,000 appearances for 25 years of my, well, f- over 50 years I made appearances. But for 25 of those years, I did 300 cities a year. 300 cities in 365 so days. I lived out of a suitcase Yeah. for 25 years. I, can I mean, that's imagine. a lot of work to do. 
Yes, so it is. It's been oh. it's been great, and uh, you know, I, I oh, and plus for DC with their streaming service, uh, you know, uh, the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. I did all the introductions of the various shows. I I, I uh, videotaped that for them. So, uh, and you know, and Warner Brothers is constantly you know in contact with me every year for some some project here or there, and of course, lots of of interviews you know, worldwide because of, uh, you know, just the notoriety and, and, and how precious Batman has become a, a classic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So obviously you love getting to step back into that Robin role anytime it's well, presented you know, it's to funny you. you should say step into the role. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I When I was hired, um, I actually was selling real estate with working for my father in Beverly Hills I was doing what they call sitting on houses. That's where on a weekend, you know, where they have open houses, somebody needs to be there and, you know, hand out brochures, answer questions, stuff like that. And uh, this was uh, back in 1965. And uh, I, uh, I, there was a, a well-known producer that came into one of the houses. I ended up buying the house and I met him and I, believe it or not, on the moment, I just asked him if I could do a scene for him. And he said, oh, okay. I did a scene and he said, that's really good. I'll send you to an agent. He sent me to an agent. Agent said, I can't get any work for my actors. I would never take a new person. I'm only reason I'm taking you is because of this producer. Don't expect to work for a year. And if you do, you might get one line. I mean, how, how, how much more depressing could that be for somebody wanting to make a career in this? But it was a couple of weeks later that I got a phone call from someone at that agency said, you know, I, I, we don't know what it is, but 20th Century Fox is interviewing young guys. We got you an appointment tomorrow, 4.30. Go over there. So the next day, I went to 20th Century Fox, which is in West Los Angeles. And uh, I, I, they had a pass for me. I parked in the lot, and I walked to a bungalow, and I was introduced to the casting director. He asked me a couple of questions. Didn't tell me anything about the role, anything, nothing. And then he said, would you like to meet the executive producer? Well, for me, I had been studying acting professionally, and studying at UCLA where I was attending college. But I had never actually tried out for anything. And I'd never even been in a studio. So for me, there was this was the first time. So when the casting director said, would you like to meet the executive producer? I said, sure. I mean, I figured everybody got to meet the executive producer, right? Well, <laughs> that's not true, but I didn't know that. Right. So he sent me to another bungalow and uh, I, uh, they said, okay, you can go in. Mr. Dozier's there. I walked in and I saw him there and I said, hello, sir. Nice to meet you. And he's like, oh my gosh, this actor is just aggressive, but in a proper way, nice way. Sure, you know? sure. I mean, I hate to tell you this, but actors have been so turned down and so emotionally damaged. They, they probably go in like this, you know, they're, you know, just, just, oh, they try to make the best of it, but they've been rejected. And, you know, if you're selling a product and somebody doesn't like your product, that's okay. But if you're the product, you know, it's it's pretty demoralizing. So anyway, I just walked in. Hello, sir. And I shook his hand and he was taken aback. And he looked at me and said, well, you're kind of big for the part. I said, oh, but sir, I promise you, I won't grow anymore. <laughs> and he laughed. You know, How could you stop growing? And he asked me a couple of questions. Then he said, would you like to do a screen test? I said, sure. Again, I figured everybody got to do a screen test. Well, no. That's not true either. On the day from my screen test, I went to twenty back to 20th Century Fox, 
They sent me to a sound stage. They said, well, we want to see some athletic stuff. We, the, character, uh, the, the, the role has a, a person that's athletic. Well, I was a brown belt in karate. Uh, and uh, so I did some stuff in karate. Then I broke a board with my hand, which at that time, back in 1965, karate had only been in the United States since 1959. And almost nobody had ever seen anybody break a board with their hand. So that stood out to them. Um, and, uh, and then they said, okay, well, now that we've seen the athletic stuff, we want you to work, work with this other actor. We're going to give you some, some lines and we just want you to do a scene with them. I said, okay. So they handed me a single sheet of paper that had these paragraphs, just like four paragraphs. And there was Bruce, not Bruce Wayne, just Bruce with some dialogue. And then under that, there was Dick with some dialogue. They said, oh, you're going to play Dick. I said, oh, Okay. You know, and I sat down, I was introduced to this actor, Adam West. And uh, we started talking. This is 15 minutes before our screen test. In five minutes, the two of us were laughing. And we never <laughs> stopped awesome. laughing for over 50 years. That's I mean, awesome. I just love that man. We just got along so great. We were just instant friends. And you That's know, and cool. I really believe that chemistry is one of the things that made us our show so successful. Oh, definitely. That and I was never in 120 episodes directed by a director how to say a line. They might say, oh, well, you're in, in this scene, you're in the Batmobile, or this scene, you're sitting at the Bat computer, or you're in front of the atomic pile, or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, or, you know, whatever, they might direct you where you are, but nobody ever told me how to do a line. Nobody ever told Adam how to do his lines. Uh, we just had this chemistry that was mm -hmm. just. And I reacted, the way he would say his line, I would react appropriately. I mean, so it always worked. It was just very smooth. Anyway, so uh, I did this dialogue. Again, Bruce and Dick, how am I, I don't have any idea what it is. There's nothing about comic books or Batman or villains. You know, right. this dialogue. And they said, okay, we're done with that. And I said, well, thank you very much. And nice to meet you all. And I started to leave. I said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. We're not done with you yet. I said, oh, okay they said we want you to go over to that other end of the sound stage we have two wardrobe men there uh they're actually waiting for you at this trailer they're going to help you get dressed and i stopped for a second i said well with all due respect i'm perfectly capable of dressing myself <laughs> oh no no oh, you don't understand oh no 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 you just go over there <laughs> and you get to that trailer you'll understand when you get there. So I, you know, I walked and this sound stage, I'm telling you, it's like walking three blocks in a, in a city street. I mean, just, just huge. They're gigantic. So I go over to the, sound, the other end of the sound stage. Sure enough, there's a trailer and there's these two wardrobe guys inside the trailer. And I look down and I see what it's like a giant bench. Oh, it's almost, but it's like as wide as a bed and it's like nine feet long. And there's all this stuff. And I said to one of the guys, I said, am I going to put some of this on? And he said, no, you're actually going to put all of it on. I said, what? And these two guys helped me get dressed in the most uncomfortable costume <laughs> in my entire life. I can't tell you how uncomfortable it was. It, it defies words. Every single thing of that costume was miserable. For example, <laughs> even my mask, it rubbed my eyelashes. And if you have something yeah. you try to talk and if something is rubbing your eyelashes, you know, I mean, yeah. man was not built for tights. My jackets <laughs> were too tight. The the vest, wool vest, was poking through the t-shirt and that wool raw wool oh, on my yeah, chest yeah. was itchy. The cape was double thick bridal satin, 
and pulling my head way back, you know, and I had to literally tilt my head forward to, to stay in a normal thing, you know. Oh, anyway, so I am, and I could hardly walk. And because of the mask, I could only see straight ahead. I can't see down. There's no, I can't see to the side. There's no peripheral vision. All right. So when I stepped out of that trailer, I nearly broke my neck because I missed the step. Right. Oh and, my. And I'm so miserable and I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm like this, look at this. Everything is like, oh, you know what I mean? It's like in a suit of armor, right? Only worse because the tights were pinching and pulling and oh, skin tight suit of, of armor. <laughs> so being the kind of person that I've always been is a positive person. You, you understand? They always try to like to make the best of things, right? So I said to these wardrobe guys, I said, well, the good news here is that after another 15 or 20 minutes, I'll never have to put this costume on again. Famous Little last did person. you know. You're right. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things is that uh, many actors, I don't think, get a chance really to have a, uh, a character like Robin, where it's, it's something identifiable to them for for so long, it, really a signature character. Because when people talk about Robin, they don't talk about Chris O'Donnell from the Batman and Robin movie. They talk about Burt Ward from the Batman TV show. Right. Um, and, and not that not that Chris O'Donnell did a bad job. I'm not saying no. that. Right. But you know, you, your role was iconic for so many reasons. Uh, sometimes, though, from from what I understand, and I say from what I understand because no one's flagging me down on the street and going, "Hey, you're the guy from that podcast thing, aren't you?" Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, it could be difficult to get used to the attention of the fans. So what I'm what I'm curious is, how did you learn how to deal with the fame of being Robin in the Batman right. show and all these diehard fans over the years who want your attention when you go to these comic cons and things like that? Right. All right. Well. First, let me, I, I want to, I, I, one thing I forgot to tell you, I think is very important because both you and Kathleen have said about, you know, getting into the role and all this. Let me tell you what the executive producer said to me that with the, when I came, after I'd, I found out I had the role and I came to the studio for the first time, William Dozier came to me and he said, Bert, um, would you like to know why we hired you? And I said, yes, I, I, I yes, I would. He said, we interviewed more than 1,100 young actors for this role. And the reason we picked you, Bert, is because in our minds, forgetting television, if there really was a Robin, I mean, like the real thing, you personally would be it. So we don't want you to take on this role as a role. We actually want you, Bert Ward, to be yourself and be enthusiastic. Well, being enthusiastic is like breathing for me. You know what I mean? I mean, is there any other speed other than full steam ahead? So, so through the years, people would say, you know, when I, when I go back and I do a, a, a show or do a, the movie, oh, was it hard to get back in the role? Well, of course not, because there really was no role. Everything about that character was me being myself, hitting my hands together, all the all the mannerisms that that you saw on the show were something that I just did because I felt I wanted to do it. Like, like, quick quick example in the very first episode with the Riddler, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, we drive to this warehouse or it's, we think it's a warehouse, but it's actually a museum, uh, the back of a museum 
that uh, the uh, we've heard that the Riddler is going to try to steal something prominent from the museum. So we race up here to the outside of this building. And as you probably know from watching the show, I didn't always just open the door and get out, right? Like I would jump over the door. Mm -hmm. Well, in this particular case, right, I am motivated because I, you know, I'm doing what I think is right. So, you know, action. Batman opens the door, gets out. I stand up in the seat, stand up on top of the door and walk on the narrow fin of the door to the back of, of the fin, to the back of the Batmobile and jump off. Okay. The director says, cut, cut. What are you doing, Bert? What do you mean? What am I doing? I just got out of the Batmobile and jumped off the back. Well, you can't do that. You didn't tell us you're going to do that. We're all lit for you to come out the door. And then I hear the director say, uh, I loved what he just did. <laughs> you, you, you lay that track. We're, we're going to dolly with him as he walks back. Uh, you know, and that's how we use it in the shot. Oh, interesting. And, okay. and, and later I found out, in fact, you know, I got my star on Hollywood Boulevard uh, last year, which is a yes. great honor. I mean, I waited 50 years. I mean, I tell people I am a patient person. But 50 <laughs> years? I mean, that's kind of a long time. Pretty much. Think, you know? Anyway, so right after the the ceremony where I got my star on Hollywood Boulevard, um, it's uh, it is a tradition for for that uh, person, the you know that celebrity, to kind of like throw a little kind of uh, thank you party, you know, where people can have hors d'oeuvres or whatever. So around the corner from the Guinness uh, uh, Museum of World Records, but I'm, mine is right in front of that Guinness Museum my star and it's like three or four, five feet away from Adam's star and they're facing each other, which is really cool. They did that on purpose because that was the distance we stood apart from each other when they were filming. All right. Oh, cool. Anyway, I threw this little afternoon thank you party. And at the party, my press agent, Roger Neal, had invited a lot of people, you know, Batman fans and Batman, you know, actors mm -hmm. and actresses, uh, you know, just lots of people to come. And one of the people that came unexpectedly, oh, he probably invited him, I just didn't know he was coming, was Robert Butler, who directed the pilot episode of Batman. Oh, that's I cool. I hadn't seen that man in 55 years, okay? And he said hello to me, and I couldn't believe I hugged him, and he says, Bert, I have a story for you. And, and I said, yes. He says, you don't know this. He said, but when I came on the set, Back there in September of 1965, the executive producer, William Dozier, pulled me aside and said, we've got this new kid playing Robin, and I'd like you to go over and talk to him and see if you think you can work with him. Okay? And you know what? I remember him coming over to me that first day on the set and said, you know, can I speak to you for a few minutes? I said, oh, you're the director, of course, anything you want, right? So he talked to me. And, and anyway, and I didn't know why he was talking to me other than I thought maybe just saying hello. Mm -hmm. But here at, at the, the day I got my star, 55 years later, he tells me, he said, I went back to the producer and he said, you think you can work with this guy? You know, do you think you can direct him to work? He says, let me tell you something. When somebody is so right for something, you stay the H-E heck out of the way and let them do what they do perfectly. He said, I'm not gonna direct him to do anything because whatever he does, it is exactly what, 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 what's right. And so when I got out of the Batmobile, walked on the fin of the car, nobody, had, 
who would, would ever expect anybody to do that and jump down? He loved it. He and, he and he loved the stuff that I did, not because I was a great actor, but because I just was into it, you know? I mean, if you think sure. about it and you immerse yourself like in a daydream and you just do what you think you would do. It's not acting. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm playing the character. I'm, I'm going right for the, you know, for the villain. So anyway, that was that was that. Now, to answer your question, which was, was it hard to adjust to fame? I never thought of myself and still don't think of myself as, quote, famous or, or anything special. I, I just never was that way. I never was brought up to believe that. What I found myself doing was when I would make appearances in costume and I have this mask on, just think if you're like sitting in your living room and you're watching television, right? For mm -hmm. me, looking through that mask was like looking at the television. So in the television, all these people can do stuff and you're just like a, a third party bystander. You're watching. So for me, when all these people are like, oh, Robin this and Robin that, that's like me watching a movie. I didn't relate it personally. I did, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't personal to me. Okay. I was the, the, you know, I was just enjoying it. So for me, it, and it was a little weird when, when you, you have, have to have certain, certain security and, and things like that, uh, that I never had before. But, but for me, it, I wasn't any different and, and, and it never changed me. I never, I never got that quote Hollywood star attitude. I couldn't care less about it. You know, I, I'm just a real person, and uh, although I must tell you, people will call because our phone number is on the back of our bag, bag of dog food, and they'll call about a question about dog food, and they'll hear me talk and say, "Gosh, you sound familiar." <laughs> you know, don't I know you from someplace? Well, I don't know. And they said, "Wait a minute, you sound like him, like who? Robin? Are you Burt Ward? Yeah. Oh my God." Honey, I'm talking to Burt Ward. Get on the phone. <laughs> Quick, get the family on the phone. Pick up all the extensions. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, I, you know, I don't think of it, you know, I mean, just we, my wife, Tracy and I, we just live a normal life. You know, we're just regular average people, uh, you know, that did a very successful show. And, and we love the show. We have the greatest respect. I loved Adam. He and I were such good friends. So for me, there, there. I guess other than the fact of, well, how do you handle it when you have to go through a crowd that you have to kind of wait for people to mm -hmm. open a space for you? I mean, that was different. But I never felt like, I never took it personally, you know, like, oh, these people are fawning over me or they're so not. I never thought of that. It's just not me. It's just, it's just not me. I'm just, I'm just the same guy I was before I did the series. All right. Fair enough. So my, my last question, and this is probably the silliest question we're asking today. So with as influential as we've talked about the show being, and that influence shows up in some interesting places. You've mentioned doing um, The Simpsons and Futurama, but you also voiced young Barnacle Boy in an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Right, right. Who is a direct parody of your iconic character. How does it feel to, to voice that character knowing that you are voicing... A character that's parodying your own character like that's really it's i it's hear cool. you and i never <laughs> thought that deep about it 
<laughs> you, 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 I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you on Batman, we had these people, everybody wanted to get into the act. You had these psychologists trying to analyze this. You had all this, everybody, well, what is the deeper meaning? And what is all of this and all that? And for me, you know, this was fun family entertainment that Adam and I had the best time and it really came across. I mean, you know, and, and he was such a, an amazing actor and he's, his style was was just very, very different. You know, he he played Batman so, so uh, I don't know, how do you want to say it? it? Kind of like he thought of himself like a prime minister or, a, I mean, a great, you know, worldwide hero. I mean, he, he just was stoic. And the more yeah. grand and bigger than life that he thought of himself, the more faster talking I was at this and that. You know, we played off each other. And, and, and in fact, just to give you an idea, I remember one time on Batman, this was when we, before we started filming, he says to me, you know, Bert, he said, I really understand now about the character. I said, well, what do you mean, Adam? You're, you're playing Batman. Oh, no, no, no. He said, I just watched Charlton Heston on the Ten Commandments and do the, you know, and he received the word of God from the Sermon on the Mount. And that's when I really understood how important and big Batman was. I said, oh, my God, Adam, please don't go tell anybody that. You know, I mean, he <laughs> so is big and, and bigger than life. And, you know, he was, I was the fast kid, this, that, this, that. Let's do this. Let's, wait a minute, Robert. You know, that kind of stuff. And it just worked. All the greatest comic duos in history, Tim, have had one thing in common contrast agreed At costello big and small mm -hmm. laurel and hardy thin and heavy you know you know every you know ed mcmahon johnny carson you know great contrast and that's what creates the humor agreed absolutely well uh bert we're at a point in our show that what we'd like to do now and we're hoping that you'll play along with us we uh we play a little quiz with each one of our guests Okay. And so it's a five question quiz. Each of the questions are multiple choice. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So you'll you'll have an opportunity to choose accordingly. Now, if you get three questions correct, we want to send you a red shirt widows and orphans mug. It looks like what Kathleen's holding up there. Wow, how nice. Okay. If you get four questions correct, we want to send you that mug along with the book called Custodians of the Cosmos that was written by our group founder Drayton Allen. And it's a play on uh, Star Trek, uh, which is where the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund comes from. I see. Uh, and it's the, the book is written about a, a young man who wanted to join Starfleet, but couldn't do it. He washed out, and so he joined as a custodian. And now he boldly cleans up after those who boldly just went. Uh, so, there you go. There you go. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, if you get three correct, we'll send you the mug. If you get four correct, we'd like to send you the mug and the book, okay? What if you get five correct? If you get five correct, you, you get, get our... You get uh, the mug, the book, and our undying respect. Okay, so, sorry. But I'm if sure you only get to be if, very tricky questions, I have a feeling. <laughs> but if you only get two correct, right? We would like to take your picture, or one of your pictures, and put you on our our Facebook page in a meme, what we like to call our fun sequence. It'll be a tastefully done meme uh, about the, our our conversation here. Do you accept that? Well, what about if you only get one right? 
Well, if you only get one right, you still you're still getting the meme. And what if you don't get any right? It might you're be less getting... than tasteful of a meme. <laughs> <laughs> All but right. Well, well, as long as these aren't too difficult, I'm ready. Oh, they're not. Right. They're not terrible. No, they're not terrible. They're 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 pretty good, I think. All right. Question. All right, number Kathleen, one. lead us out. Question number one: Great Danes are the state dog of what state? A. Michigan. B. Pennsylvania. C, Rhode Island, or D, Vermont? What about E? There is not an E. <laughs> Gosh, they're, they're, I wasn't even aware of that because they come from Germany. They were the Deutsch dog from Germany. So one more time, give me the uh, give me those. Uh, the options are A, Michigan, B, Pennsylvania, C, Rhode Island, or D, Vermont. Well, I'm going to guess and say Pennsylvania. You are correct. Because you went with the Dutch connection. It makes sense. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't go over that connection. Oh, I just huh. thought Pennsylvania, the people there are that kind of wild and crazy that they probably would do See, that. See, I That's tried, right. I tried to throw you reason. off. I tried to throw you off with the big dog in the tiny state, but it didn't work. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So one for one. Question two. On which television network was Batman originally shown in the United States? Was it on A, PBS, B, HBO, C, NBC, or D, ABC? D, of course. In fact, a little trivia for you. At the time, ABC was only a syndicated network. And the two real broadcast networks were CBS and NBC. And because of Batman and Bewitched, Batman, I mean, uh, ABC became the third network in the United States because of those to popularity of those two shows. That's interesting. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Question number three. What make and model of car was the Batmobile modeled after? A, 1955 Lincoln Futura. B, 1960 Plymouth Corsair. C, 1957 Chevy Bel Air. Or D, the 1954 Ford Galaxy? A. That is correct. Correct. Yeah. You are three for three, sir, so that's a mug. That is a mug. Okay, well, I've got a mug here. There you go. <laughs> right here on my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four. Dick Grayson was part of what circus group? The Graysons, A. B, the Flying Family. C, the Flying Graysons. Or D, the Grayson Family. The Flying Grayson C. Correct. Four for four. That's a mug and a book. And question number five, which gets you our undying respect. True or false? Everyone should buy Gentle Giants dog food. Oh, that's true. That's that not hard. True. If you want your dog to live longer. Now, if you don't want your dog to live longer, then you can get whatever you want. But I assume most people want their dog not only live longer, but live you know, and if you don't there want you your go. dog to live longer, we suggest you also get mental health help. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's something wrong the with you. Place. Right. <laughs> Not everybody should have a pet, but for those that have them, they should treat them with love and respect. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. All right. So the results of our game, five for five. Uh, so when we're all done here, Bert, uh, we'll get a shipping address from you. We'd love to send Absolutely. you those for sure. Definitely. So. And, all right. Very good. And we'll make sure that Drayton autographs the book for you. Please. I like that. That would be very, very, very nice. 
And if Bert is with a B U R T. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, sir. Indeed, it is. about actors, as long as you spell their name right, you can say whatever you want about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, Bert, we want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people find more about your previous work, your current work, and about Gentle Giants dog food? Actually, in one place. Uh, we, uh, 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 GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Uh, I mean, although we also have GentleGiantsCatFood.com, but but right now, and that one is a new site. We're kind of just in the middle of building up. But on our Bert, um, GentleGiantsDogFood.com, there's a section of Batman stuff. And eventually, I'm going to have another website. I'm going to have another website. And go to the over there to the end where it says More. I don't know if you can go to there. Yeah, click on More. All right. And then if you come down there, do you see uh, where it talks about... Um, they hear uh, there's Facebook, social media, where the, to buy our story. Yeah, keep coming. Um, let's see, Batman News and Gentle Giants. Yeah, Batman News. News. There you go. So yeah. So so that you know we we put stuff on there. You know uh, there was a uh, you know stuff and all of that kind of stuff. And we you can see there's videos and stuff. Although I'm going to have more stuff. Uh, it's just that we've been so busy caring for these animals and saving lives that it just it's very time consuming. Oh, I, <laughs> I know, can only imagine. I, you know, I, I, we, we work seven days a week, you know, um, and my wife is, uh, oh, let me tell you something. She is like, she's got more energy than Robin. Let me, yeah, let me, and she loves to work. I mean, of course, of course she doesn't think work is work. She thinks it's, and she doesn't think it's play, but she thinks it's fun. You know what I mean? Right. And that's really that's awesome. a good idea. In fact, I have a piece of, of, uh, just a suggestion for your viewers and listeners that yeah, I mentioned and talk about uh, what I call the three essentials to happiness, right? I mean, doesn't want everybody want to be happy, mm -hmm. right? So oh, absolutely. I, I once heard this and I was so impressed with it. So I'd like to share with you the three essential to happiness. Number one, someone to love. Number two, something to do. And number three, something to look forward to those are the three essentials to happiness all right i like it that's good so uh anyway we uh, we 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 it's like we work here seven days a week and i i, I like to tell the story that last christmas i said to tracy i said well now tracy you promised me that i would get a half day off at christmas and she said i never promised that <laughs> We will make sure that we link the <laughs> Gentle Giants website in our description. Definitely. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we want we want people to be able to find that and and be able to get and their read dogs the stuff a good about life. our feeding and care program. It is yeah, so absolutely. valuable. You know, and it's so funny because, like, for example, just one quick thing: if you ask somebody how many times a day do you feed your dog, they always say the same thing twice, and that's not right. That shortens their lives, and we have all this information about how to extend your dog's life. And, and you can see the dogs here. I I, I wish right now that uh, I could see her because I was going to pick up one of our dogs and bring her over here. She happens to be a small dog. She's 25 years old right now. Her name is Tinkerbell. And, mm. um, and the youngest dog we have here right now is 14 years of age. So when you wow. have these giants like Mastiffs that only live six to eight years, and the youngest dog we have is 14, you can see how 
so many of these dogs are living so long and so healthy and i want that for everybody's dog there's no reason that if you have a loving pet that you don't want to give it a chance to live longer and healthier so with that that's i just wanted to mention that because on our website gentlegiantsdogfood.com you can read all about that stuff our special feeding care program and you can read batman stuff and you know it's kind of like a catch-all right now for for me Awesome. That's great. Yeah, we'll make sure that gets in there. We want people to be able to find that and take care of their pets better. So, and we want to remind everybody who's watching or listening uh, to please continue to subscribe. The subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Burt Ward today. I mean, how amazing in this. And we get funny moments to listen to with these stories from Burt. So please subscribe. It helps more than you're ever going to know. And please go to gentlegiantsdogfood.com and check out what Bert is doing there. Now, if you're not happy with the content of today's video, all you have to do is submit in triplicate form, of course, to the Riddler. Once you've solved a myriad of confusing clues that would take a master detective and his trusty boy wonder sidekick to decipher, he will refer you up the chain to the Joker. And at that point, really, you're on your own. But you can be sure that the Joker will think whatever happens to you is going to be hilarious. Thank you so much for being on our show, Bert. Well, yeah, this thank was awesome. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And as I would like to say to you, both citizens, our famous line on Batman to the Batmobile. Thank you. I'm, my day's good. Right? <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. All right. Take care. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which helps support the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give redshirt crewman number 64. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and attempts to defend us all from the Riddler, Joker, and Penguin, 13 minutes before the dynamic duo, the caped crusaders themselves, Batman and Robin, arrive, he will know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the redshirt widows and orphan fun has his back, and what's left of his Federation badge now that it squirts water out of the center. Let's check out a quick video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FunnySciFi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.